everybody awake today? Sure hope so. All right, now, as you can see, with my nice sign here, looks pretty good, right? This is just a little fun that we're having in our growth groups. We decided to have a competition and say, hey, let's find out who knows their memory verses. We did boys versus girls in our growth group. And where's Stacy? Is she in here? Is she serving downstairs today? Stacy was the only girl there in our group, and she smoked the guys. She knew all our verses, so I'll take this off uh, so that it is not a distraction today. But um, basically what we're going to do today is we're going to be continuing our series called You Ask For It. And what You Ask For It is, it is the questions that you ask for. So we said, okay, I asked you, I said, what kind of questions do you have? What things do you struggle with? What things do you, uh, have you always wondered about God, Christianity, about the Bible? I said, send me your questions, and I'm going to do my best to answer them throughout this entire series. The first week we asked the question, what in the world is this book, the Bible? Isn't the Bible just written by men? And I was like, Ugh, I don't know, is the Bible written by men? Is it just a book? Or is it something different? And I said, you know what? If you think the Bible is just a book, you better take another what? You better take another look. And I gave you ten things. There was tons of information. Ten things to look at outside of what the Bible says about itself that can prove to you that, you know what? This book, what we call the Bible, is not just a book. It is the Word of God. So it is not just a book. I encourage you to go back and watch that at theporch.info if you missed it. Uh, the other thing that we talked about, um, and last week, does anybody remember the question that we talked about last week? We talked about heaven, right? We asked the question, well, what happens when you die? What's going to happen when you die? Is there purgatory? Is there a second chance? And we said, you know what? There is not going to be a second chance. In fact, there's a fat chance that you're going to get a second chance. That means when you die, your soul is immediately going to go to either heaven or hell, and even though those are temporary heaven and hell, you're going to either stay in heaven or hell for the rest of eternity. So there's a fat chance you're going to get a second chance. So in this life, we better make sure that we know what's going on. Now, I had an illustration um, that I was going to share with you guys. And it was perfect for our question today. Anybody see like a, a little box about this big anywhere? Not back there. You guys see it? I didn't leave it in the chair. Okay, so we'll come back to that. I don't necessarily need it right now, but I've got this perfect illustration uh, that we're going to be talking about. But So today we want to ask the question, uh, can I lose my salvation? This is a question that a, a lot of people have. Can I lose my salvation? Once I become a Christian, or once I get saved, can I get unsaved? Can I sin too much that, you know what, I've lost my salvation? Now, I've asked this question of myself, a similar question, but the question that I've had is, can I go back? Just like that song we sang, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Well, what if I decided to turn back? I've seen people living a life of sin. I've seen people just saying, you know what, I'm going to live this lifestyle and do whatever I want. I'm going to give in to whatever temptation I want. And so I've seen people do that. And I wonder, and I, and I wonder myself, could I do that? Could I go back to a life of sin? I used to live in sin and do whatever I wanted. So could I go back to that? Now that I've said I'm saved, I'm a Christian. And I think that I could. But here's the weird part. I think I could go back, but I won't go back. It's almost like I can't go back to that life of sin. And, and it's like, well, can I go back? I, I think I could go back, but I'm not going to because I don't want to. So does that mean that I can't go back? So it's kind of this weird question. Can you lose your salvation? Bob and I were talking uh, a long time ago about this. We said, you know, he said, I think once you're changed, 
can't go back. Uh, if, if you're truly changed, the Bible talks about you become a new creation, you really can't go back. So, and that's that idea of, you know what, once saved, always saved. Right? You've probably heard that before. So the big idea for today is don't get confused. Salvation is not something you can lose. Don't get confused. Salvation is not something that you can lose. Once, once saved, always saved. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I've got this question. Could I go back? And, and maybe you've done something like this. You wonder about salvation. And it's, it's hard because, you know, you don't know if you can lose it. You don't know if you've got it. Because you don't get a stamp on your forehead, right? You don't get the Chuck Norris stamp on your forehead that says, boom, approved by Chuck Norris. Now you're saved. Now you're going to heaven. How many people got a stamp on their head when they got saved? Anybody? No, Chuck Norris. No, Chuck Norris. No. Okay. So, nobody gets a stamp. And, and that's what makes it hard when it comes to salvation. Because it happens on the inside of you. So, you can't look at me physically and tell if I'm saved or not. I can't look at you and tell if you're saved or not. Now, we can get a pretty good idea. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But, you can't really tell. So, so you wonder, am I saved? And, and maybe you're like me, where, where you've prayed the sinner's prayer or the salvation prayer over and over. How many people have prayed that prayer more than once? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up and look around. I mean, all of us, right? So, so we're all pretty much in this category of, of what in the world? How do I know if I'm saved or not? Maybe, what if that prayer didn't work? What if it didn't stick? Well, what if, what if I messed up and now the prayer has gone away and now I'm not saved anymore? But I, don't, I can't tell because I don't have a stamp on my forehead. So can I lose my salvation? It can be very confusing. But I want to say today, don't get confused. Salvation is not something that you can lose. Now I want to throw a, a little bit more confusion at you. To, to make things even worse. And this is the fact that, you know, you, if you were to be in a club, right? Let's say you join this club, Cool Kids for, cool Kids for Christ Club. You're in this club. Yeah, represent from old school pioneer days back in the, what, 1990s, 1980s, whatever. So you're in this club, right? And so you break all the rules of the club. What are they going to do to you? They're going to kick you out. Get the boot. You are out of here. Okay, so imagine you, you, you're a member of something. Like, let's say you're at Sam's Club or Costco. You're a member, and you don't pay your membership fees. What are they going to do? Can't you. They're going to kick you out. You can get the boot, right? Think about this. Think about your friends. You've got a group of friends. Now, I know this is hard for Jordy because he doesn't have any friends. But imagine you had some friends. And so you've got these friends, right? And you've got this group of friends, and you're just a jerk to all of them. Now, this is easy for you to imagine. You're a jerk to all your friends, right? And, and you're mean to them. I'm picking on Jordan today. So you're mean to all your friends. What are your friends going to do to you? Yeah. They're going to kick you out of the friend group. They're going to say, we don't want to be friends with you anymore, right? So think about this. If you're in this group of Christians, this church, right? You're a part of the church, and you're a believer, and you say, hey, I'm a Christian, and you start to break all the rules. You start to be jerk to people. You start to sin, and you do so much sin. What, what's God going to do? Is he going to kick you out? Are you going to get kicked out? How does that work? It can be confusing. Can we lose our salvation? That's the question that I want to ask today. And it, it's an interesting one because everything else in this world, if we do something wrong, we can get kicked out. But I don't want you to get confused, right? Because don't get confused. Salvation is not something you can lose. Now let me throw in one more kicker. This makes it a little bit more confusing, a little bit more challenging, something that a lot of people have been confused about. And this is that one guy or that one girl, maybe it's an uncle, maybe you know it's a friend or maybe it's a relative, somebody that you were good friends with. Here's the person that I'm talking about. The person that was in church for years. 
you know that you, maybe you even know you know you just know in your heart that they're saved, they're a believer, they're a Christian. Maybe they taught Sunday school. Maybe they were a deacon. Maybe they were a pastor, right? Or, or whatever. Maybe they're some a, a believer, and then you know that they're saved, and they're going to church for years and years and years. You know that they love Jesus, and then something happens, and they drop out of the faith. They leave the church. They never come back to the church, right? For the rest of their life, they don't come back at all. And, and in fact, they start to, maybe they become an alcoholic. And they struggle with something. Or maybe they, maybe they start killing people. Or maybe they're just mean to everybody and they're just not this, per, this good person. They're living a total life of sin. What would happen to that person? Well, they were saved, right? Maybe you were even there when they got saved. Maybe you were a part of them getting saved, accepting Jesus. They lived for Jesus for years. Something happened. They stopped living for Jesus. And then they died. Was that person saved? Was that person not saved? What happened there? Did they lose their salvation? Were they still saved? Because remember that maybe you even heard them pray the prayer. Maybe you saw them confess Jesus. Maybe you were at their baptism. But then now they're rejecting Jesus. And to make matters worse, maybe they're, they're living a life of sin, but they still witness to their friends when they're drunk. You know, that's what I used to do. I used to tell my buddies about Jesus. I'd be having a party with them. Except Jesus goes, what are you talking about, fool? You know, you don't, you don't even know Jesus, right? But I thought I did. So what about this guy? What happens to him? Right? Did he lose his salvation? That's the question that I want to ask today. And, and that's what I want to talk about. And I want to, I hopefully want to answer that question. Can we lose our salvation? Because it can be very confusing when we look at all these things. Now, Listen to this, Galatians 5. This is what makes that one guy or that one girl who left the faith, but they still love Jesus, they still claim to be a Christian, but they're not living it. Here's the problem with that. Galatians talks about that. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, now, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, fighting with people, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So they just clump them all together. So anything else like this, all these sins. They, let me tell you again, as I have before, because it's confusing, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But they prayed that prayer. But I knew they were saved, but they went to church for years. But now they're living this lifestyle. Did they lose their salvation? Are they still saved? What happens to that person? But don't get confused. Salvation is not something that you can lose. Now what's interesting is Jesus answers this exact question for us. And the cool part about this is it's years before we even asked. He knew it was going to be confusing. And he answers this question while he's answering another question. Right? So these people come to Jesus and they want to know, tell us plainly. I'm sorry. Tell us plainly. Ooh, that's what they said. They, said. they yelled at him just like that. This big boom. Tell us plainly. Tell us, they said, are you the son of God? Are you God? And so Jesus answers this question. And while he's answering them, are, am, am I God? Is Jesus God? He answers this question for us too. And he says, don't get confused. Salvation is not something that you can lose. So let's go ahead and open our books. We're going to be in the book of John today. The book of John was written by John. Dude who hang out with Jesus, who hung out with Jesus, and he said, you know what? I wrote this book so that you would believe. I want you to believe in Jesus. So let me tell you all about him so that you can believe too. So go ahead and take out your Bibles. If you need a Bible, there's one under your chair, under the chair next to you. You will need a Bible or you'll be lost today. You will need a bulletin or you'll be lost today. Because I'm throwing out tons of scripture today because this is a hard question to answer. So you want to follow along in your bulletins and take some notes as well. Let's go ahead and take our Bibles out. Raise them over your head like a soul. 
see many Bibles. There they are. And let's all wave them around and say, oh, that's good stuff. This is the Word of God. That's why we read it. That's why we focus on it. That's why we base our lives on it. And that's why we base the church on it. So, we're going to see, we're going to be in John chapter 10, page 819, if you're borrowing a Bible. John 10, verse 22. I'm going to go ahead and read this entire thing, and then I'm going to come back and break down some key points. It says, Now it was winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. How many people know what another word for colonnade is? Forge. The porch, that's where the porch gets his name because this place, Solomon's Colonnade, this is what's happening here, is it's just this porch. Solomon's porch at the temple where people would hang out, where believers would hang out, and where Jesus would do miracles, the apostles would do miracles, right? So that's why we're called the porch because this building is just where we hang out. This building is not the church. We, as the people, are the church. That's why we're called the porch. This is where it comes from. Verse 24, it says, The people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? And then they spit into their microphone. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, he's answering them, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my Father's hand, just like a shepherd with protected sheep. He says, no one can take them. Verse 30 says, the Father and I are one. So he answers the question. He says, yes, I am God. The Father and I are one. I'm God. He, you know, we're one. This is the Trinity. We're going to be talking more about this next week. But he says, yes, I am. So I want to go back and break these things down. And I want you to say, don't get confused. Salvation is not something you can lose for three things. I want you to see three things. The first one is you can't lose what you never had. You can't lose what you never had. And we're going to see that in verse 25. What do you mean you can't lose what you never had? We're talking about salvation. Can you lose your salvation? Well, some people never had salvation in the first place. So how can you lose it? if you're never really saved. Verse 25 of what we just read. This is where we're going to see this. Get your pen or highlighter ready. I got, a, I got a key word here for you. It says, Jesus replied, I've already told you, you don't believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name. 26. But you don't believe me because you are what? Not my sheep. Underline that. Circle that. Highlight that. Whatever you want to do. You are not my sheep. He says in verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So here's the problem. Some people are not his sheep. Not everybody is a part of the family of God. Not everybody's saved, right? So here's sort of this idea, you can't lose what you never had. Listen to this, you know, you ask this question, well, what about that guy who used to be a Christian? What about that girl who used to be a Christian a long time ago for many years, and then they stopped being a Christian? Or they start living in a lifestyle of sin. 1 John 2.19, this is on the screen. It says, these people left our church. This is talking about false teachers right now, but the, the principle applies to this. It says, the people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. They, when they left, it what? You read that, it says, prove, prove they did not belong to us. So when a Christian or a believer walks away from the faith, steps away from the faith, no longer lives a lifestyle of following Jesus, Right? Because that's what a Christian is. It's someone who follows Jesus and keeps following Jesus. 
That's why we add that it keeps following, right? It's not just a one-time thing. When they walk away, it proves that they were never really a Christian in the first place. You can't lose what you never had. You say, well, well what about this? Because it can be confusing here, too. He says, well, what about can't a believer struggle with sin? Can't a believer be overcome with sin? How do we know that this person over here wasn't just struggling with alcohol, but they're still believing they're overcome by sin? Okay, listen to this. Galatians 6.1. This is where the confusion comes in. Dear brothers and sisters, this is on the screen. It says, if any believer is what? Overcome. So it says right there, a believer can be overcome by sin. You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. So we see in Scripture and in God's Word that a believer can be overcome with sin. Very interesting. So you ask the question, can a believer be overcome? Yes. A believer can be overcome with sin. A believer can have a sin in their life where they're struggling and they don't know. But here's the thing, is that when this is happening, you are in this scary no man's land. You are in this scary zone where your salvation is not very sure. Other people aren't going to be sure about it. You can't be sure about it. Why? Because you're living this lifestyle of sin. So, and you don't want to be in that spot, right? Basically, the idea is we can't tell if someone is saved or not. But we can get a pretty good idea from this verse in Galatians, from the book of 1 John. We can look at someone's lifestyle and say, are they living a life of sin or are they living a life that's following Jesus? And we can get a pretty good idea. 1 John 2, 3 through 4, this is on the screen. It says, we can be sure that we know him if we what? Obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. So if someone says, I know God, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but they're not obeying, they're living a life of sin, well, this says that they're a liar, right? So you've got this aspect here, we've got to balance this. Yeah, you can be overcome with sin, but the tricky thing is, the Bible doesn't say, how long can you be overcome with sin? Can, can you struggle with alcohol or struggle with sexual temptations for a week? And still be saved? Can you struggle for a year? Can you struggle for 30 years? The Bible doesn't say. It's not very clear. So you're in no man's land. You're in this scary zone that you don't want to be in. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says the same thing. On the screen for you, it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, they pray a prayer, they go to church, they ask God to save them, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually what? Do the will of my Father in heaven. James 2, 18 says the same thing. Some people have faith, others have good deeds. Show me your faith. The last sentence there says, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So we know that true faith comes with good deeds. And we know that someone has true saving faith if they have good deeds and if they live a lifestyle that follows Jesus. So uh, you guys remember that illustration, that, that thing I was looking for earlier that I was going to show you? Remember I said, hey, I've got this perfect illustration. It's a box. Anybody see that around here? Dan was looking around for it. Oh, I never had it. Right? So here's the thing. How could I lose something that I never had? I can't lose it, right? So I never had an illustration. But the, but the fact is, I can't lose it because I never had it. And it's the same thing with salvation. A lot of people, well, how did I lose my salvation? How, how did that person lose their salvation? Well, the truth is that they never really had salvation, Right? So it can be a scary situation to be in. So keep in mind, a Christian, a Christian, a follower of Jesus is not someone who prays a prayer. It's not someone who goes to church. It's not someone who's a member of a church. All those things are good. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are a believer. It's someone who says, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to keep following Jesus. It is a lifestyle, right? So you have to look at their lifestyle and say, okay, and your own lifestyle. Are you living for Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Or are you not? 
That's what it comes down to. Not, not a single one. Of course, we all struggle with sin. Of course, we're going to still struggle with sin. But it is a lifestyle. So you can't lose what you never had. And number two, you can't lose what you didn't earn. You can't lose what you didn't earn. You didn't do anything to get your salvation. You didn't work hard enough or deserve the salvation that you got in the first place. So sometimes we think that we earned it. Verse 28 from what we just read in the book of John. What, is the, what does the first two words say there? In verse 28. I give. So Jesus, God, He's the one who gives them eternal life and they will never perish. It doesn't say that Curtis earned salvation, right? It doesn't say that Nick worked hard enough and now he's saved. It says, I give it. And we know this. So, so you ask the question, well, what if I really blow it? What if I, I'm going along in my Christian faith and I sin so much, is God going to kick me out? Is He going to give me the boot? I make this horrible mistake and I blow it. Right? Well, well listen to this. Ephesians 2.8. This is on the screen. It says, God saved you by His grace. When you believe, you can't take credit of this, for it is a what? Yeah. It is a gift. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things so that no one can boast about it. So remember, we talked about this. Nothing you do can save you. It's not about what we do. It is a gift from God. So we think by our own strength and by our own might sometimes that we've earned it. We think, well, I've done good enough. Now here's the thing. If you could lose your salvation by messing up, like a club, like your friends, like whatever, if you could get the boot on salvation by messing up, then what would your salvation be based on? Works. It'd be based on works. It'd be based on you. It'd be based on your effort. Salvation is not based on your effort and your works. That'd be a work salvation depending on you. And the reality is, you didn't do anything to get it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. So you can't do anything to lose it. If that makes sense. Here, here's what's interesting. Here it says First Peter uh, one verse eighteen. These are on the screen. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from this empty life. So he paid the ransom. This ransom means that you've been redeemed. It is a purchase being made. It's a price being paid. So God did this. And he says in verse 19, it was the precious blood of Jesus. Right? He says that was the precious blood of Jesus that was paid as the ransom. So God paid this price. This price already paid. You didn't do that. That's what Jesus did for you. And you have to take that back. You can't take that back for you to lose your salvation. Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight. This is another word for this is to be justified, to be made right in God's eyes, to be declared righteous. So God has declared you righteous. He's made you right. And to lose your salvation, he'd have to say, and just kidding, you're not right anymore. He can't do that. He's not going to do that. He's not going to take back his promise. Ephesians 1.13 it says, now Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. When you believe in Christ, He identified you. So when you believe, He identified you, or He sealed you, He authenticated you, He confirmed. It's this guarantee of salvation. It is a seal that cannot be broken. Right? And it's not because of what you've done. It's because of what Jesus has done. So you can't lose what you didn't earn. We didn't earn our own salvation. It was a gift. We can't lose what we never had. Right? Some people were never really truly saved in the first place. And number three, you can't lose what you aren't keeping. You can't lose what you aren't keeping. So many times that I've seen people, you know, they, even here at the porch, sometimes Sunday after Sunday, we, we do the invitation at the end of the service where we say, do you want to accept Jesus? Do you want to pray to have Jesus? And I've seen so many people raise their hand, yeah, I accepted Jesus for the first time. 
And then the next week rolls around, yeah, I accepted Jesus again. And then the next week, yeah, I accepted Jesus again. Why? Because we have this feeling that we have to keep earning our salvation. Because we, we think that we have to keep our salvation. And if we mess up, we do something wrong during the week, well, we got to come back on Sunday and get our salvation back. I used to work with a guy uh, when I worked for Bob that, that believed the same thing. He believed that when he sinned and he messed up, he would lose his salvation. So then he's in this scary zone where he's got to come back. And the question is, well, what sins do I lose it for? Do I lose it for all sins? What happens if I die right after I sin? Am I going to be saved? Am I not? It's a scary place to be. And you don't want to go there. And so number three, you can't lose what you aren't keeping. This is a big one. Verse 28, as we carry on from reading, second, second half of verse 28. It says, no one can snatch them away from me. For the Father has given them to me. He is more powerful than anyone else. What does it say there? What are those next two words? No one. Who? No one. Underline that. Circle that. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. So He has the power to keep us safe. He's like, a, uh, I've got a video here that I want to show you. It's like this watchdog. Right? He, he compares it to a shepherd. And we're like, well, what's a shepherd? So I found this pretty awesome old school video that I want to show you. This is a, a shepherd, basically a dog, that he says, you know what? My job is to guard these sheep. So check out this video here. You're going to love it. I don't know what language they're speaking or what they're saying. It says, now all glory to God who is able to what? Keep. He 
He's able to keep you from falling away. Well, what if I fall away? What if I, what if I do? Well, God's going to keep you. God is able to keep you. He's going he's to protect you. First uh, Thessalonians 5.24 Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole, whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus comes again. God will make this happen. So we think, you know, I've got to earn my salvation. I've got to keep my salvation. I've got to keep doing these things. Otherwise, I'm going to lose it. Well, you're not the one keeping your salvation. God is the one who is keeping you from falling. John 6.39 says, It is the will of God that I should not lose even one of those he's given me. You're going to have to be big and bad. Bigger or badder than God if you're going to take somebody from Him. So, you say, can I fall back from sin? Can I fall back into sin? And the answer is no, because God is going to keep that from happening. He's going to help. He's going to give you the strength you need to continue living for Jesus for the rest of your life. No, there's no turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus, and there's no turning back. Now, I want to... Some of you guys don't know this, but I want to share this with you. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But there is no one single person that can dunk me in the water. I know. Some of you are like, what? It's true. You, you know, even Jason back there, he thinks he's strong. But, but one person cannot dunk me in the water. I don't know what it is. I, I got these trunks for legs, maybe. I got these big old cankles. And, and so I think my cankles give me this stability like no other. I got this good center of gravity where you try to dunk me and I, you're not going to be able to dunk me. I'll dunk you, I'll dunk you. There was one time I was at a, a youth camp. It was like in North Carolina. And for like 45 minutes, I'm in this lake with like 20 kids jumping on me. Like all these teenagers, one after another, you know, sometimes like six, seven, eight at a time. They're all jumping on me and I'm throwing them off. And no one can dunk me. Now, they, these were teenagers. I'm saying, if you're an adult, you think you can dunk me, bring it. Come on, Phil. I know you want to try. Nobody can dunk me. Well, why can't they dunk me? Because if they're going to dunk me, they got to be stronger than me. right? they got to have bigger cankles than I do, and nobody does. i got the biggest cankles here. So nobody can dunk me. I, I want to try something. See, basically, it, it, no one's going to dunk me unless they're stronger than me, unless they're bigger and better. So uh, here's what I've got here. I got this pen cap, and what I want to do is I want to see, I want to put it in my hand, and I want you to take this out of my hand. Go ahead, get it out of there. Come on. No, just take it out of my hand. Can't. Yeah, take it out. Well, why can't you take it out? Why can't she take it out? She's not stronger than me, right? So the only person who can take this out of my hand is someone who's going to have to overpower me, someone who's going to have to be even stronger than me. And it's the same thing with Jesus. And same thing with God. He says, you know what? I'm holding you in my hand. I'm the one who's called you. I'm the one who saved you. I'm the one who's going to make sure that you stay in my hand. I'm going to make sure that your salvation is secure. And unless someone's coming along who's bigger or better than God, you're not going to take the salvation away from you. So you can have some security. You can know that, hey, Almighty God, He's the one who's holding my salvation in His hand. And as far, anybody know somebody bigger than God? Stronger than God? Better than God? I don't think so. So don't be confused, guys. Salvation is not something that you can lose. Or it's not something that we can lose, guys. If you are a true believer, if you have really been changed by Jesus, you can't go back. There's no turning back. You can't lose that salvation if it's true salvation. It's the idea of being once saved, 
always say. So what I want to ask us to do today is to examine your own faith. We've said over and over, you can't lose your salvation. You're not going to lose your salvation. But the question is, are you saved in the first place? Okay? Maybe you're in that scary zone. I want you to take that magnifying glass and really look into your life. Really look into your heart. Look at your lifestyle. You know, are you in that scary zone where you're overcome by temptation, overcome by sin? Are you living a lifestyle of sin? Because if you are, you're in the scary zone. Are you overcome by sin for a time, or are you not saved? Right? You don't want to be in that scary zone. Examine your life. Where are you at? Are you over here? You say, you know what? I'm living for Jesus. I know that. Now keep in mind, everybody's going to sin. We're still going to sin. Everybody, you look at the heroes of the Bible, all the big people of the Bible, they all had these huge moral failures. So even a big failure, you're not going to get the boot from God. You're not going to lose your salvation. Everybody messes up. You might even mess up huge. I know I've messed up in some pretty big ways. I didn't lose my salvation. Right? But, but here's the question. What's the general direction of your life? Oh, I messed up. I'm going to keep following Jesus. I'm going to keep following Jesus. Oh, I messed up. I'm going to keep following Jesus. I'm going to keep following Jesus. Which direction is your life going? Like that verse in Galatians. Anyone who lives this type of life. It's about a lifestyle. It's not about, oh, I'm sinless. I don't have any sin. So now I know I'm saved. It's about the general direction of your life. So I challenge you and encourage you to examine your own faith with you. Just do the challenge! And the challenge for today. Did I wake Jordan yet? No, I'll have to yell louder next time. So the challenge for today. Uh, what I want you to do is I want you to get rid of that doubt. The only thing I want you to lose, you can't lose your salvation, but I do want you to lose that doubt. I do want you to lose that feeling of, well, I don't know. I do want you to say, you know what, I I'm not going to have to pray that prayer over and over and over again because I know that I'm saved, I know that I'm a Christian, I know that I'm a believer. And your lifestyle can back that up. You know, how do you know? Well, if you obey God's commandments, that's how you know. And you can know for sure. So I, I want you to say, you know what, I'm no longer going to start to think that I'm the one who earned my salvation. I'm going to realize I didn't do anything to get it. And I'm going to realize I can't do anything to lose it. I want you to say, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my doubt because I realize that I'm not the one who's keeping my salvation. I know that God is keeping my salvation for me. And I want you to lose all that doubt of that worry. Can I lose my salvation? Did I lose my salvation? And like I said, you've got to have that lifestyle that backs it up. But I don't want anybody here to be like, oh, man. I don't know if I'm saved or not. It, it, here's what it's like. It's like this flower. And if you're here today and you say, well, I think you can lose your salvation. That's okay, right? But, but here's what it's like when you say, I think I can lose my salvation. I've got this flower here. And you say, well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good in my faith. Yeah, Jesus loves me. Oh, I messed up. Oh, Jesus doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. Well, I'm doing pretty good. And I got saved again. So God loves me. Well, I messed up now. God doesn't love me anymore. And it's this back and forth of, well, God loves me and God doesn't love me. God loves me and He doesn't love me. I'm, I'm saved and now I'm not saved. I'm saved and now I'm not saved. I'm going back and forth. I don't know if I'm saved. Right? But instead, here's what it can be like. We can take this flower and say, you know what? I'm not going to get confused. I know that salvation is not something that I can lose. So I'm going along good. I'm living for Jesus. And God loves me. I'm doing pretty good. And God loves me. But I mess up. I really make a mistake. God still loves me. And I'm doing good. God loves me. And I mess up. Guess what? God still loves me. 
Still got that salvation, right? You don't have to go back and forth with your faith and have that doubt and say, well, I've lost my salvation. I don't know what I'm going to do. Instead, we can have a peace about our salvation. We talked about that last week. What's going to happen to you when you die? You can know for sure. You can say, you know what? I've got peace about it. Because I know I can't lose my salvation. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm reassured. I know where I'm going to spend eternity. I know that God, the most powerful person and the most powerful thing in the universe, is holding my salvation secure. And it's not going anywhere. Because I know for a true believer, I can't lose my salvation. I know once I'm saved, I'm always saved. If I'm really saved, right? You can add that to it. I know for a fact and say, I'm not going to get confused. I know that salvation is not something that you can lose. If you're glad that salvation doesn't depend on you and you can't lose it today, let me hear you say amen. 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 I know that I'm glad. I would lose it all the time, man. I wouldn't have it. I probably not have it right now if it had to depend on me. Now, here's what I want to do, guys. I don't want anybody to walk out of this building today with any doubt. I do not want you to leave this building in this meeting today, having a doubt and saying, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if I died right now, where I would go or where I wouldn't go. Because guess what? God wants you to know. He doesn't want you to have to pray over and over and save me, save me, save me. I don't know if I'm saved. That's why John wrote the book of John so that you would believe. He wrote the book of 1 John so that you could know that you're saved. Listen to this verse. This is interesting. And we're, I'm going to take you through this book of 1 John. And if you have time, and you say, you know, I'm going to examine my faith, I'm going to examine my life, and you accept that challenge, this is a good book to read. Read 1 John. It'll take you 5, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes if you're a slow reader, to read this book. It is a small, tiny, tiny book. 1 John, it's in the back of your Bible. It is all about how you can know that you have salvation. It says, that God has given us His Spirit as what? Proof. Wait a minute, you can have proof? You have proof and you can know for sure if you're saved or not. Yeah, he says you can have proof that we live in Him and He's in us. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. Let's go to the next one. It says, whoever has the what? The Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. What's that talking about? That's talking about Jesus, the Son of God. That's talking about, okay, here's the problem. We're all sinners. You've sinned, I've sinned. The penalty for that sin is death. It's eternity in hell, separated from God. Okay? So, so without the Son, you're in trouble. But with the Son, Jesus loved us so much, God loved us so much, that He sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. So we wouldn't have to work for it or earn it. He said, I'm going to do it for you because I love you, and I'm going to give it to you as a gift. So if you have Jesus, then He's paid for your sins. If you don't have Jesus... You have to pay for your own sins. So it's a scary spot for you. You say, well, how do I have Jesus? How do I make sure I have the Son? It says, but if we what? Confess our sins to Him. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, the word confess, we think, you think about confessing, you think, well, I confess with my mouth. I say it out loud. Yes, I was totally wasted and that was wrong with me. I shouldn't have done that again. But I'm going to do it tomorrow. That's not what confession is. Confess means to agree with it means to say, I know that that was wrong. I think that was wrong. I do not want to do that anymore. It's this idea of repentance. The Bible says the first step to have a son is to confess our sins. And God forgive us. He'll wipe it clean. He'll wipe your slate clean. Everything you've done in the past, everything you're going to do in the future. He says, it's done. It's forgiven because I paid for it. If you confess.
confess it if you repent from your sins. It says, I have written this to you, to those of you who what? Believe. Believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may what? Know that you have eternal life. We have to repent from our sins. We have to confess our sins and walk away from them. And then we have to believe in Jesus. You say, well, why do I confess my sins? And it's because you believe. Because you believe that Jesus died on the cross, that He paid for your sins, and that He rose again, that He's coming back again someday. You say, I believe Jesus died to pay for my sins. And when you believe, God counts you as right. It's through that faith, it's through that belief. God just says, I always want you to trust me. I just want you to have faith in me. That's all He wants. It says, We can be sure that we know Him if we obey His commandments, if we repent. Say, if you truly believe, you'll start to live for Jesus, you'll change your life. You become a new person and start to live for Him. If someone claims I know Him but doesn't obey, then they're a liar and not living in the truth. We can't just say, oh, I know God, I believe in God, I confess my sin, I call on God, but I'm going to keep living the way I want to. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who, who knows somebody who said, well, maybe I'll just, uh, I'm good, I'll just wait until the very end of my life, until the very last moment, then I'll call on Jesus, I'll confess my sin and say I believe in Jesus. Right? It doesn't work like that. It's more than words. It's the change that happens on the inside of your heart. I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here today and you're not sure that you've ever started your relationship with God, that you've ever started a relationship with Jesus, if you've never asked God to forgive you, if you've never said, I'm, I want to repent from my sin, if you've never put your faith in Jesus that He died on the cross to pay for your sins, you can do that right here, right now, today, right where you're at. And you can know you've been forgiven. You can know that you've been saved. You can know where you're going to spend eternity when you die. The Bible says that you just have to call on God. We just call that prayer. All that is is talking to God. You, I want you to pray right where you are right now. If that's you, just pray to God. You can pray out loud. You can pray in your heart. God knows your thoughts. He can hear you. He knows your heart. Just in your own way, there's no magical prayer that I can give you that's going to save you. But if you believe in Jesus, that He died for you, and if you're ready to turn your life around and live for Him, tell Him that right now, in your own words and in your own way. Just call on God to save you, to forgive you. If you just prayed or have any questions at all, please let us know. 